As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Specters, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my good buddy N7 the Legend. Welcome back. You're floating around in space again, as usual. How's it going? As as usual, I am patching in from uh, near-Earth orbit. <laughs> and speaking of which, I heard that we had a comet pass by very close to Earth in real life, about 2,200 miles. Yeah. Uh, very close. I think it, it, the last time it came around our, in our solar system was 20,000 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. So. That, the space stuff is nuts, which is part of why we, we like the series so much. But yeah, real world space stuff also crazy. Uh, but this is a special episode because it's the end of January. It is our patron chat for this month. And we have a topic today. Sam, are you excited for the topic? We're talking about the best Mass Effect moments. Yes, I'm very excited for it. And as per usual, I'll save my thoughts till last. But that's also self-serving because i know so many great mass effect moments that i'm having a hard time picking one myself but i'll need the extra time like when you go to a restaurant and you see a lot of things on the menu you like yeah they're like no 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 no. you go for, you go perform sam are you ready to order and then just uh, you just i'll just go last i'll figure it out it'll be fine yeah yeah that's what we're doing tonight and yeah. the reason why we're doing that is because we have our patrons here and i'm going to go through and name all of our patrons and then on the count of three the patrons are going to chime in with their favorite way of saying hello whatever way you want you can it could be in universe or not it's up to you and here we go we've got psych and apollo turbo toboggan that specter j and garrison welcome everybody three two make sure you're unmuted one sup hi hey. oh. i missed you guys <laughs> psych <is> just <laughs> sup <laughs> Nice. I like that. I like that. Sup. Um, guys, are you ready to talk about the best Mass Effect moment? 
this feels definitive, but of course we have to remember this is subjective because like we were discussing in the pre-show, this could be this could be everything from a climactic ending of one of the games to that really special moment where you realize something in a moment of like dialogue or whatever in, in like a little corner of the universe somewhere, right? This could be any of those things. Who would like to start us off? Who wants to go first? Psych is ready. Sup, Psych? Sup, man. Sup, dude. <laughs> Not much. Okay. So, my favorite moment is right at the start of Mass Effect 2 um, on the Norm- on the first Normandy. Just as Shepard is stepping out into the CIC, you know, you've got explosions, uh, the world's, you know, going to heck, um, <clears throat> alarms are blaring, and you step out, the door's open, air goes through, and you just look out, and there's space. There's a big planet. Everything's floating around. The explosions are very muffled. It's quiet. And just that that shift in ambiance is so sudden. And it, it just like, oh, okay. Everything's changed. And it like it's like doubled with the fact that just before you stepped out, Joker had been pleading. He was saying, hold it together, baby. Hold it together. And you step out and you realize there's nothing to hold together. This is This is it. And so, yeah, like every time I play, I get to that moment. I'm like, like now I'm actually playing Mass Effect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a that is an intense moment. Absolutely. We talked about this actually on the music episode where Pipe Man mentioned that there really isn't a lot of time in the Mass Effect trilogy where we hear just silence. And Mm -hmm. so silence itself can be music. Uh, was Pipe Man's argument, and uh, I would have to agree. In fact, I didn't even think about it too much until Pipe Man had brought it up, and and that is tangential to the moment he brought up, which shortly thereafter, Shepard gets spaced. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we hear this piano, uh, like just for like five seconds or so, or 10 seconds, and then Shepard struggling to breathe and silence. Yeah, I think it was Count Basie, somebody's going to correct me on this, who said, it's not the notes you play, it's the notes you don't play. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and there, there's a very famous track that Pipe Man had brought up that is literally just silence, and it's meant as a palate cleanser for the audience. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think I misspoke. Yeah, Shepard gets spaced, and then uh, then we hear the piano after some silence. So, right, right. There's that moment. How do the rest of you guys feel about this? Was this as impactful for the rest of you? Who wants to chime in? I'm getting some nods. Getting some nods. Nobody else, nobody else has any thoughts on this, but yeah, it is, it is a significant unexpected moment. I think that's part of why it's so impactful. Do you feel that way, Psych? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're Shepard, you, you've done the impossible up to that point. Right. Um, and then you, you're stepping out into your CIC and your crew's gone. The ships opened up to space. Like it's, it's completely world changing. And it's only going to go downhill from there. Right, right. Spectre J, did you want to chime in? I saw you unmute for a second. I know Spectre J is uh, coming to us from traveling in a truck, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a truck driver, so. <laughs> but um, yeah, I agree very much. So it's a very surreal moment in the trilogy because you just spent so much time in Mass Effect 1 inside that ship 
talking, communicating with all your crew members and just to see that very surreal moment where it's, it's gone. You know, you're trying to rescue your pilot Joker and it's just, it's gone. There's nothing left. It's abandoned ship. Yeah. So I agree with him very much. That's a very surreal and a very powerful moment because you go all through mass effect one in Normandy, this in like this invincible, deadly, highly classified starship. Right. Right. Yeah. It's these kinds of moments in literature that raise the stakes. They like, they, they make us question the plot armor a little bit, you know, like, oh yeah, we're the, we're the hero of the story and these are our friends and nothing terrible will ever happen to us really. Like at least nothing that bad. And then all of a sudden something like this happens and you go, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know what to expect. So. And it's pretty abrupt. You know, I mean, you're coming off of Mass Effect 1 where they had that psych gotcha moment. Shepard's not actually dead. How could <laughs> Shepard be dead? Right. And right. then, you know, they, they lead in Mass Effect 2 uh, with total chaos. And guess what? The Normandy, this iconic ship for your preferred hero is gone. Yeah. There wasn't a fight. There was just annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a wonderful start. I really do enjoy it as well. It's like, this is, How did that this hit is a you, good one. Sam, as a, as a, someone who played it when it came out, like I knew when I played legendary that Shepard didn't die right then. How did that hit you as an original player? If you didn't know that he was actually going to come back? Well, I figured, you know, with mass effect two, like, and that being the very beginning of the game, I was like, I, I highly doubt that the rest of the game is going to be without Shepard, but it was still certainly very abrupt. Because, yeah, I played it right when it first came out. And, and um, I just I remember playing through it and being like, whoa, what a fucking way to start this game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same kind of feeling because I, I played it early, too. And there was that like, oh, this is how this game starts. OK, wait, what now? What does that mean? Like, wh what are the implications of this? And it plays out, you know, with Cerberus and being put back together and all that stuff. Um so, yeah, I think it was uh, I, I really do like the both the beginning and the ending of Mass Effect 2 the best in the series. It's just it's unexpected and kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat from, you know, from, from the way it starts and also the way it ends. So I'll just I'll just say that. But psych, this is a this is a good one. This is a good one to kick us off. Who would like to go next? It would be all right if I do. Yeah. Spectre J. What's your I best totally moment? My favorite moment of the game, um, well, there's, a, there's actually two, but it's the second one is just kind of as a whole. It, that's the Citadel DLC. I mean, that as a whole is, in my opinion, a masterpiece for the game. There's just so much background stuff and just getting to see the crew in just this non-combat setting. And it's like in a friendship setting with all the little different side conversations you can have on the strip. But my, my main favorite part the entire game is... Uh, the end of, I believe it's priority to Chanka in mass effect three, where you have just cured the genophage and Rex stops you. And he goes, no matter what happens today, the name shepherd from here on out will mean hero. And it's just this very surreal moment for me because the galaxy is just use the Krogan and then just disposed at them. And I'm a big Krogan supporter. And it's like, they've just like, yep, no, we're done with you. Let's neuter you like, boom no more Krogan. And it's like, you've just, you just saved their species. They were doomed. And it's, 
not only is the entire mission just a badass mission, it in is my opinion. Absolutely. No, just to chime in here. Well, all the stuff that happens on that mission with like the big gigantic battle between the Reaper and the uh, Thresher Mall. And um, and then there's the, the stuff going on with uh, the female Krogan. And uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's just a lot of good stuff in and around that. Yeah. And I mean, not to hurt me or a tearjerker here, but also that's the death of Morden. And right. he's yeah. an amazing character as well. Yeah. There, there's a lot wrapped up in that mission that really comes to fruition in a really epic and kind of exciting way. So, uh, yeah, to then have, finish it off with that little moment. I think you're right. Yeah. And it's not only that is there's just so much comedy spread into it as well. Just like the conversations between Rex and Shepard when they're trapped underground. I mean, that is that that mission has summed up like the entirety of the game and why I love it so much. I mean, I have a Cal Ross tattoo on my leg. Like that is, that's how much that mission stands out to me. Yeah. Yes. Mother of the Alaskan bullworms. No, I mean, (laughs) Thresher Maws. Uh, yeah, that, that mission is pretty great. And yeah, like, like Tom said, it's got it all, you know, uh, it, it, it just hits you with the action. It hits you with the drama and then the tragedy and, and then the the denouement of of uh, Rex telling you that you know uh, the name Shepard will mean hero, and it really has it's an emotional roller coaster that takes place all within like an hour. It's yeah, it's so condensed. I mean, it's it's not a very long mission at all, and yet so much happens. Yeah, I agree. That's right. There is my main reason why that is my favorite moment throughout the entire trilogy. There and it wasn't that wasn't a hard sell for me because like we had discussed earlier it's like i feel like like you guys and myself feel like with this game it's going to be pretty easy for people to pinpoint what their favorite spot is because there's just something that stands out to everybody differently about the game yeah yeah i I think you're right anybody else want to chime in on this one did you guys were you guys like yeah rooting for things as they happened and um yeah, this one just hits you like it, it just like uh, I, I this is almost my favorite moment. Yeah, it just like a, you just helped a whole race, and you're now technically a part of their culture. Right, right. Yeah, you, you your name will go down in history. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I don't think most of us don't ever get that I, moment. Right? I think there's an additional layer of it because and by this point in Mass Effect 3, you're just getting your ass handed to you left and right by the Reapers and you finally feel like you got a victory. Mm-hmm. And this is like an, you know, substantial win because it doesn't just mean that the that if you've chosen to kill the Genophage that the Krogan do have a future, but it also means that the Krogan are going to throw their uh, support in for the war effort. Uh, which will free up the Turians to do so as well. It so also it a, also points out that the Reapers can be taken down. Yes, that they're they're not invincible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, toothy you, worms. Right, you had to you had to throw a gigantic Thresher Maw at it, but but it's possible, right? They're not in um, you know invincible enemies. Yeah, it. I I did like that. It had strong uh, primitive versus. F- super advanced you <laughs> right, know vibes right. you know what i mean yeah it reminded me of the the futurama episode where they uh thaw out the uh the cavemen in the ice age mm-hmm. and there's like mm-hmm. mammoths taking down the super advanced uh technology it's pretty great yeah yeah good stuff 
Well, that, I mean, this is another really good one, Spectre J. Thanks for sharing this one with us. Who would like to go next? We've got a few, a few of you guys left. It's kind of a smaller group this week. Apollo's like, yeah, I'll go. All right. Apollo, what's your favorite moment? What's the best moment in Mass so Effect for you? You, you inadvertently mentioned my favorite moment, sort of, in, the little, in, in your intro. My favorite moment is at the end of Mass Effect 3. I am a synthesis guy, not necessarily because I love the synthesis part because I love the ending that you get with sent with this, with synthesis with Edie, when she gives that speech at the very end and she says, I am alive. Like as soon as she said that in my first playthrough, I was like, man, I just like floored me. Cause she's, she's speaking for herself, but she's speaking for the whole galaxy because the whole galaxy is alive because of everything Shepard did. And that speech, like she says, as a galaxy, we can now live the lives we wish for. She even mentions the galaxy, first steps into a new future. So she talks about herself, but talking about the galaxy for a good few minutes. And then she shifts to Shepard when she says, but new life did not come without a cost because of him, because Shepard, I'm alive and I'm not alone. That's whole speech. Like I can play that game 50, 50 more times. And that speech is going to choke me up every time because Edie is my favorite character from any game for whatever. I just love Edie. So that speech with her talking about herself, but with the layers of her really talking about the galaxy itself as well, that just, that's my favorite. That may be my favorite scene in any game. Like it's just amazing to me. I love it. It is pretty great. The conversations leading up to that, you know, between Shepard and Edie about humanity and what it means to be a human. Uh, because Edie has all of these philosophical ponderings and, and honest, innocent questions because she doesn't know. Uh, and the way that Shepard can choose to reply, you know, either fosters Edie's growth or completely uh, discourages her from ever feeling like she could be considered a person. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And it reminded me of another piece of fiction. Has anyone ever seen Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams? It's a I movie. Watch from that one. Yeah, I remember back in the I day yeah. of it. It's a um, real tear, cool, tear yeah. jerker. Yeah. Well, it's also got like that Terminator 2 kind of thing going on where you hit a certain point where the friendship between the Terminator and John Connor and John's teaching him how to be more like a real person. The real Terminator was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Apollo synthesis ending and specifically because of Edie and what Edie is saying and how that represents the galaxy as a whole, but also Edie's own journey as a person um, and, you know, our AI people. Uh, this is one of those questions that we're getting very, very quickly closer to actually having to deal with in our own society. This whole AI is it a person thing, right? So that is particularly interesting as well. What do you guys think? Then is anybody else like, yeah, synthesis ending? This is the one. This I like this one, or this really hits me. We're getting kind of is. Eh, I think this might be a, a more of a, a Apollo specifically kind of thing. I've well, actually never done the synthesis ending, so I didn't even know there was that speech with Edie. It's something I'm going to have to experience for myself. Yeah, there you go. Apollo, you were going to chime in? I was going to say close second for me is is getting Tali's picture. That's just such a great, that's just such a great moment. If you're somebody who who's really into Tali and, and does that romance, that's just such a great moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is a cool moment as well. All right. Well, 
it's time for us to take a quick break here to thank our patrons, but we're going to come back and talk with uh, Garrison and Turbo Toboggan about their favorite moments. So don't go anywhere. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode when everyone's on the same page getting things done at work is easy no matter what you do or what industry you're in how you communicate is key Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are. This is where we get to thank our patrons, you guys, and everyone else who helps support the show, all 70 of you currently. We don't have any new patrons this week to welcome, but we do have some shepherd tier patrons who get shoutouts every week. Kolkashins, Kira C, Lieutenant Tosino, Shep Vakarian, Vakarian. Hey, there you there go. There we go. There we go. Uh, that's Spectre J. 
and William. Thank you so much for you guys signing up on, on the shepherd tier level. We really do appreciate it. And <laughs> hey, I, I learned a thing and I, I, you know, acted on it. So yay, yay me, I guess. Uh, we also have some new reviews. But if before we get to those, if you would like to join us on a future patron chat like this one or get ad free episodes or t-shirts and all sorts of fun things go to patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast that's where you can sign up and check out all the different stuff you can you can get for helping to support us also if you leave a five-star review on apple podcasts we'll read it out on a future episode of the show we've got two right now this one is from been a troll i guess bina bina do you know this person yes Yes, this actually happens to be Pipe Man's partner. So, oh, okay. So, uh, Bean Troll <laughs> says, "Had to be this lore cast. Someone else might have gotten it wrong. My husband converted me to the Mass Effect obsession and introduced me to this podcast. I'm so glad he did. N7, the Legend, and Robots are perfect co-hosts, with Robots providing a multitude of real life examples to create useful illustrations and N7's rich knowledge of the lore. I'm about to start my third playthrough of the series, and I'm excited to see what new adventures I'll find within the game." armed with all the knowledge i've learned from this show thank you both for being such fun humans i look forward to every new episode being a troll thank you so much and hi to pipe man that's awesome we've got another one this one's from holly slash woman 1922 and i'm guessing that's not a birth date otherwise you'd be like 100 and 101 years old almost so if it is, that's freaking amazing. <laughs> I kind of hope you are 100 years old. Um, Oldest Mass Effect fan ever. I know, right? So, uh, Holly, thank you for this review. It says, 100 more episodes. It's an extraordinary evening, and you're tearing up to the sound of that nostalgic Mass Effect menu music being played on a set of bagpipes. And strangely, you're not alone in it. The 100th episode of the Mass Effect Lorecast has a whole squad of listeners gathered to watch the stream together and celebrate the community that has built, been built around a mutual love of one epic story set in space. For 100 episodes, co-hosts Robots and N7 Legend have illuminated some of the more obscure and fascinating aspects of the Mass Effect universe, turning the experts on turning two experts on things like music, medicine, and modding to enrich our understanding. N7 uses his journalistic superpowers and lore knowledge to present the details of the world, while Robots is a total dummy. No, that's not what it says. While Robots grounds us with his inquiries on their implications, both of them will make you laugh with your headphones on in public. I recommend the lore cast wholeheartedly, and I hope that every Mass Effect fan has the chance to tear up to the sound of the 100th episode and a hundred more. That's so sweet, Holly. Thank you so much for that. And <laughs> and she didn't actually say I was a dummy. That was me in case he didn't get the joke, which he probably did. So I don't think you're a dummy. Thanks. All right. So that's going to do it for the mid break. And uh, thank you to everybody who supports the show, leaves us reviews, does all of that stuff. You guys know the spiel. So let's get back to our patrons, though, and find out more of the best Mass Effect moments. Here we go. Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So there is a woman, 1922, in chat currently. Hello. And it would be a weird coincidence if this isn't the same person who just left, left that review. So thank you for leaving that review. That's awesome. All right. We're back. Uh, Turbo, do you want to go next? You're raising your hand. Yes, that, I was just trying to raise my hand to go next. I didn't want to interrupt, though. No, you're fine. You're good. You're good. Uh, you're up. What's your f best Mass Effect moment? Uh, it's kind of like uh, with the synthesis, but mine is at the very end of Mass Effect 3 when you have that 
older gentleman telling his gr- grandkid, it just like when you, when, they, when, they, when I got to that, t- that spot for the first time, it made me realize that Shepard did was such a big import. Like he affected the universe so much that I don't know how I'm guessing it's far down since they're walking. I'm guessing on a terraformed moon looking at earth. It's like, that's how big of a thing is like his exploits are told as child stories and child stories are mostly to teach you a lesson. So like he did such a big job that his is like, this is what you need to be. You need to be like shepherd. He's like the role model of role model. Like he, it's like a King Arthur or something like that. He, he's a lily you become a legend right or jesus or any other like uh, this is one of those things when you study a lot of different world religions you find out that the original teachers or the people that the original religion originally centered around end up being the subjects of these kinds of stories and then a religion is formed over centuries around them in ways that they never necessarily intended themselves. And so that's totally what you're describing here is one of those situations. Like it would be really interesting to see a few hundred years in the future and who's worshiping shepherd. That'd be kind of crazy. But yeah, like uh, that, it really does give you a sense of like the amount like, that he affected. Because either way, either Shepard was a was a good. Well, it could go more ways, but like the extremes is Shepard was good, or Shepard was an evil person that did a good thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, totally. I don't know which story I like more. <laughs> <laughs> it's you like know, the there's... Parthenax question in Skyrim. Like, is it better to be born good and do something, or is it, or is it better to be born evil and then? overcome your evil nature in order to do good right and then the 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 response from the blades is well we should kill the talking dragon Uh, yeah kill the dragon anyway (laughs) yeah yeah but no that's a good point like maybe he was a total jerk but he still saved the universe (laughs) or he just want or just a story about this guy that saved the universe while he's going on sex sexapades right he just wanted to get some (laughs) and just to to happen to do the job anyway can you tell this yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, you might have hit on a little subplot from Mass Effect 4. It's hundreds of years in the future. We have the cult of Shepard with only Liara around to tell the real story. It could be a thing. It could be a thing. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this before. If it'll be hundreds of years in the future. But even, heck, even a decade in the future. Like, these kinds of things can spin up pretty quickly. And can you imagine the people who are, like, sharing the stories about the Shepard and then retelling the stories and those stories getting bigger and grander and more or less accurate as time goes by. And they diverge and then they start fighting over the stories of the Shepherd. Right, right. My version of the Shepherd means says shepherd that you go to heaven war. this way. And then somebody else is like, no, my version is like this. And then they, they have war over it. If we live exactly as Shepherd did, maybe we can join him on the crucible. <laughs> <laughs> shepherd, meanwhile, is like, you don't want to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Turbo, uh, is anybody else want to chime in on this this topic from Turbo? Everybody else is like, you know, eh. it's funny you bring that up um, because a lot of people don't know this, but that very end scene of the trilogy where you have the old man talking to the child, uh, the voice of that old man is Buzz Aldrin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they actually got Buzz Aldrin to do that. So that's pretty awesome. And more fun facts about Buzz Aldrin. He once punched a moon landing denier in the face. That's awesome. And and it's on video. That's awesome. You know what else is cool about Buzz Aldrin? What's that? He was an astronaut. 
Are we sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. If I question a little bit more, I don't know. I'm going to get a knock on my door <laughs> and it's going to be, you guys are all going to stay silent. We're on zoom right now, but you're all going to stay silent and like deadpan. I'm like, you know what? Buzz Aldrin's right behind me. Oh Is God. It? Oh God. It's him. Yeah. I don't know of any other Buzz Aldrin's. So I think, yeah, he was the one that went to space and maybe the moon or something. So yeah. yeah. Rob the princess in chat says, yes, he was a moon or not. A moon and not. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Turbo. This that's also a really cool moment. And then now we've got Garrison. Garrison, you're gonna wrap this up at least for the patrons for this episode. What's your What's yeah. your best moment? Oh man, it's so hard to pick one, but uh, I'd have to go with one that's probably tied in a little more personally. Um, I started I started in with Mass Effect Two. Uh, when that first came out, because I ran it from Blockbuster, I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Oh, so you didn't and, even play uh, one first? You played two first? I didn't. I didn't play one first. No, oh, it's, wow. uh, I didn't have access to one. So Blockbuster used to have like this top 10 ranking of like the top 10. And it was always number one for like weeks on end. So I was like, I need to see what this is about. So uh, so I jumped in at two. I had no idea what happened before that. And uh, it was a total cluster like i i screwed up almost everything i possibly could uh didn't buy the upgrades for the ship <laughs> the uh <laughs> lots lots of things happened but the um and of course i didn't have any of the dlc because i just read the game anyway um so i didn't have you know zaid or kasumi so i lost like half the squad like before we even landed oh man and, uh, <laughs> wow so um so that final scene like right around the end where, you know, Shepard's looking at all the caskets that are filled. And I had a ton of them because I, I sent the crew back by themselves. Cause I didn't think I could spare anybody. Um, so they all died. Uh, <laughs> God. just, just every, everything, everything that could possibly go wrong in that place. We went wrong. And for, in some sick twisted way, that was like my moment where I was like, I really like this. I can do this better. And, um, I don't know. I fell in love with the game at that moment when I realized how bad I screwed up. And I was like, this could be so much better. And I can play this like entirely differently. I was like, if I can do this badly, imagine like, imagine what I can do with another playthrough where I kind of know what's going on. And that was, that started the addiction. Like that was, that was the beginning. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had like the moment where Vermeer was like that, like anything can happen sort of thing and people aren't going to survive. Mm -hmm. But also the suicide, the fact that the suicide mission was that, that moment where I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, this can, this can go completely sideways and it's all up to me. Um, it was, it was really awesome. That was, that was really when like the moment where I really fell in love with the series right there. The idea that like your actions have consequences and that all mm -hmm. of these people getting these people through this alive is very much in your hands. Yeah. Yeah, it it's was... empowering, but it's scary, right? And, yeah. and it's like, especially if you played this when, the, when if you played this game when it first came out, and this was right at the t a tail end of the era where game guides and magazines were still big, and you could you still know? rent things from Blockbuster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is yes. how old and, we all are. So, it wasn't so easy if you picked this game up at release to just go and you know be like, okay, how to play Mass Effect Three and save everyone. 
Mm. It wasn't that easy. You know, right. You, you had journalists who were going through these things, gaming journalists and trying to find those ways, but it took time. It took a lot uh, of time. It and, wasn't like today where like a, a week after a game comes out, all the YouTubers are like, here's all the secrets in the game. And it's yeah. somehow yeah. they, they do that today and so much faster, but yeah, it, it wasn't like that back then. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Not not to the same extent. I mean, they were certainly expedient about that. But I remember um, just the level of pressure when I was at the end of Mass Effect 2. And I was just like, I better not mess this up. And if I do, am I really prepared to cheat myself of the consequences in the next game, if there is one, by save scumming? Like, do I want to do that? <laughs> And so, yeah, I, I remember listening very intently on what the narrative was telling me because mm -hmm. I, you know, they have to give you clues in the narrative as to how to, how to approach a situation. So, so yeah, that was, yeah, hell of a time. Yeah, that was, uh, I agree. I agree. In fact, I mean, you're, you're kind of on my whole topic that the ending of two, I think is, is the best thing in the series. I mean, the ending of three is epic and there's the, the choices are, are tough. Like everything feels gray unless all of a sudden you're just like, no, this is obviously the best choice because some people just do that. But to me, like everything's kind of gray and the ending of one, it's, you know, it's big and fun. But the ending of two is just like it's different from most other RPGs and the fact that you've built these relationships with this crew for the entire game. And then here you are one big situation where you've got to prove that you can lead these people into, into a situation that is dire and get them out alive. And I, that, and the, even the way it plays out. Yeah. I'm totally in a yeah. total agreement, Garrison. I think that this is a, an amazing moment and everything that, you know, everything that you feel, in Mass Effect 2, I think, if you're a, a dedicated trilogy player, then by the time you get to Mass Effect 3, I mean, it's like the pressure is on because they told you, if you played at release, Bioware told us, this is the end of this trilogy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, in other words, you, this is the conclusion of your choices. Right. And so you're, you know when you're approaching the end. The, the narrative gives you a good idea of when that's coming. Uh, so when you're approaching that end, it's just like... I better not. I better not have gone into this with too little galactic readiness. I better not have chosen wrong like 82 hours of gameplay ago, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, right. and uh, I feel for the people who didn't realize that it was like that and that went into it with very little readiness. And then when they're rushing to the beam, it's <laughs> They just see their their squad wiped out. It's so and it's like crazy. the worst possible. They give you ending. a meter. <laughs> like they, they, have, they have they have there is a UI element that's like this is where you are, this is where you should be. <laughs> like yeah. hey. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. even if you max it out, it's still saying, you know, chances of success are even. That, right, right. It's the best you can get. <laughs> right. Chances right. of success are even. So so yeah, I, I can't even imagine how bad it sucks to get all the way to that point. And then somehow managed to get your team wiped out in front of your eyes. And then God forbid you were like me. And when they released the extended cut DLC, and then you thought, oh my God, did they implement a new ending that I may be unlocked from having so much galactic readiness <laughs> that now I can just tell this little star child to go take a hike and we're going to win this more conventionally. 
or or a little bit more rash you can turn around and try and shoot him in the face which i did once <laughs> oh my before God. i got the picture and of you just like punting him like uh, like kicking his I was butt and just like punting him off like a Ledger, I was so pissed. I I, t I smashed that. It wasn't a renegade interrupt, but it would have been. And I smashed that. And you know what happens? You lose. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> that, that's the game. Your cycle is exterminated. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well. Oh, this is. I mean, this was a really good point, Garrison. Anybody else want to chime in about the ending of two and the impact that had? Everyone's like, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah, oh, I would like Spectre to. Spectre J, go for it. Sorry, yeah. Um, that is the ending of two. That suicide mission is just one of those hard hitting moments because it is you literally. It's the first time in the trilogy you just get to take everybody. Yeah, and it's like it's a really surreal moment. It's really cool because there's literally just everybody is there, and it's like you don't really get to see that too often. And it's like, you get these different cutscenes, and you can play it so many different times through. And it's like, okay, if I take Miranda with me to the final, she has a different cutscene with the elusive man than let's say Garrus does. And it's just a very, ah, I, I can't even, <laughs> I have a hard time putting it into words, but yes, I agree. This was a close first for me as well. Yeah. And you know, those are all good reasons. While we've been talking about this, another patron of ours has joined Genesis. Yeah. Hey, Jen. welcome Genesis. I think uh -huh. you have your own specific thoughts about the ending of Mass Effect three with the conversation with Caden. Oh, uh, not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> the conversation with Kate. Wait a minute. The before the very the good, the, 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 the very goodbye and Mass Effect three where yeah, Caden Caden says, we know this is goodbye. Oh, that scene breaks my heart. Why? Why are you torturing me right now? I walk into the room and you hit me with that. Because <laughs> we're talking about the best Mass Effect moments. Oh, <laughs> She's like, so no, <laughs> I, I like like literally heart clutching my uh, I'm clutching my pearls right now. That moment is so sweet. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like I've never been to London before. And you're just there with him. And it's this moment of everything that has happened over the years between you. And he just sums it up in a few words and a kiss. And it's perfect. Good night, oh. everybody. <laughs> then that's that. <laughs> and that's how are we going to beat that? Yeah, that is. No, even as a, even as like, you know, bro Shep, who's just platonic with Caden, that that conversation hits hard. It really mm -hmm. does because, you know, Shepard can try and be as like, you know, rah, rah, we're going to kick their ass as much as you want. But Caden's still like, you know, we're looking death in the eye, Shepard. And it's been, it's been an honor. I think the first question he asks you in that moment is, well, are you afraid? And you can be real with him or you can laugh it off. And I always go even though i mainly play renegade uh the paragon option is to tell the truth and be like yeah of course i'm afraid right now and i feel like i have that level of vulnerability with caden to be able to tell him that so this is yeah. a this is a, 
I feel like we've moved into a completely different topic. Uh, let's let's transition back. Let's. Uh, this has been a fun little rabbit trail, but let's let's transition back because Genesis, you're the only one left now to talk about your best Mass Effect moment. Would this happen to be it? Probably not. It's not. Yeah. Um. Definitely high up there. But when I heard best Mass Effect moment, I think it is meeting Jack in Mass Effect Three. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Teacher Jack. Uh, mm-hmm. She has like her personality has evolved and grown in between the time between two and three. And I feel like my shepherd had a lot to do with that. Um, and just like the full evolution of her maturing in a way that we don't get to see very often in video games of like, yeah, I'm Mrs. Angry Pants badassery just like mm -hmm. gonna go out there and roar at everything and then you find out no she has a heart and she learns how to accept people into it and now she's got a whole squadron of kids that she knows it's like yeah i can be a little rough with these kids because they need to learn how to control their powers and how to live in this world um but then also we'll sit at the bar doing reports instead <laughs> of dancing on the table like she would have to. Yeah, there's this moment where they're talking about her and respond. You see the interaction between her and their kids and you can tell the kids have all just like they just they've just learned that she's like a bulldog. Right. Like she's like mm -hmm. she's she's loud on the outside, but tender on the inside. And like they, they put up with it because they know they know she loves them, <laughs> you know, like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that that is a really cool moment too. I agree. Sam, do you have any thoughts even, on this one? Yes, that mission on Grissom Academy is even better if you've romanced Jack. Yes, it <laughs> because is. When you leave, uh, and this is really the only romance scene you got, but Citadel DLC aside, um, this was the only romance scene you got. When you leave, she just she pulls Shepard toward her and starts making out in front of the kids <laughs> on the shuttle when they're being extracted <laughs> and if you're going for that kind of romance it's just kind of like <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the uh paragon interrupt that you can do in the shuttle on the way back uh which is even funnier uh shepherd will saunter up grab jack's butt and make out in front of the entire classroom right there <laughs> Oh, man. it's great oh this J game jack also has a really funny line if you've romanced garris in it as well um so for a femship uh jack is a funny line on that one nice uh nice anybody else want to chime in on this one the the whole scene this whole it's a actually a whole quest it's like a whole sub quest uh, i agree totally that the, if you've romanced jack when you meet her that's just that's so that's just so great it's so great doesn't that whole section end though with joker saying something and jack's like in joker you can shut the and then it just ends or am i misremembering yes i think it you're cuts right to black yeah yeah good stuff well, Jen, thank you for sharing um, that one. I think this one's great. Spectre J, do you want to chime in? Yeah, I just want to say that I that is definitely a really awesome scene. I'm really glad that Genesis uh, got to join us, but um, I have to go. I didn't want to sit, go, go without saying goodbye to everyone. So everyone have a good night. Yeah, have a good night. Uh, is there anything you want to share tonight. before you head out and like ways people can reach you or stuff that you've got going on? 
Um, I'm just on the Discord. If you see me on there, strike up a conversation. I'm cool. I like to talk. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Have a yeah, wonderful thanks, rest man. of your night. I'm yep. glad you were Good able night, to make guys. it. See you later. Good night. All right, Sam. I feel like I feel like we need to get to you. We got to wrap this up. I already well, shared mine because it was I, so similar. To... I took some time and I found the exact bite. Okay. The sound bite uh, where this is by far my favorite moment because I was remembering and putting myself. excuse me in my 14 year old shoes i think i was 14 when mass effect 2 came out uh and i'm playing through it for the first time and what line just really stood out to me and then like always has since then and it's on the collector base and you're confronted with a pretty key decision when the elusive man orders you to preserve the base and shepherd can choose Mm -hmm. to, to do so or destroy it And it's a really, you know, it's a moral ground that you can take. And here's what Paragon Shep says. Brought you back so you could keep fighting. Some would say what we did to you was going too far, but look what you've accomplished. I didn't discard you because I knew your value. Don't be so quick to discard this facility. Think of the potential. We'll fight and win without it. I won't let fear compromise who I am. Shepard. Yeah, so I won't let fear compromise who I am is has just stuck with me for so long because i mean when it comes to classical heroes that is like this stereotypical line you know it doesn't matter the odds that are facing you how daunting things might seem and it it applies to so many real life situations because how many times have we seen in real life fear makes people do things that they might not otherwise do they act in very irrational ways or they they commit atrocities because they were riled up into fearing something that wasn't actually true. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, the, the older I get, the more and more I like that line because it can apply to your everyday life. And it, it can apply to your career. Are you going to do something at work because your boss told you to and you're afraid of getting fired, even though you know it's wrong? Right. Right. The inconvenience of having to find another job, even though you probably can. But yeah what things are you willing to do it's one of those like real world things where when you start to identify these things in people's rhetoric when they speak or in things that get posted online or whatever when people are tugging at you emotionally that is an editorial that is no longer news it is no longer facts they're trying to manipulate your emotions so and fear is fear and hope are those two things and those yeah. two things will will put us in situations where we turn into other people sometimes yeah yeah and so yeah that's that's my favorite moment in mass effect i think you know there's a lot of other great meaningfully tragic moments which people know that i love uh mm-hmm. so you know just a quick shout out to for those uh poor souls who were not able to negotiate peace between the Koreans and the geth if you witness the Koreans get completely wiped out, it is a devastating moment. But man, the music is so great. <laughs> and and the cinematography is just on par. Uh, and it's just a it's a it's a powerful moment, that one. And of course, Morden's death. If you if you sabotage the genophage and you try and keep Morden from going up, said this again and again one of my favorite lines is then said you know shepherd can say morden i'm not letting you get up there you corner corner morden in conversation basically and morden admits swallows his pride and shouts at shepherd i made a mistake mm-hmm. and it's like 
wow if you're pushing Morden to that point like that every time i see that scene it makes me want to cry yeah 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 there's some really good moments some really good tragic moments <laughs> that are so beautiful yeah that's true well and one I, of the poor souls oh, who accidentally lost legion in game two in the second game and then thought he could still solve the problem with the Corians and in, in mass effect 3 and watch them get slaughtered i concur that was horrible but powerful oof well, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. I feel like you've brought us to a really, to a good note. really sad end. <laughs> uh, but these have all been awesome moments. I think that we can all agree that each of these things in their own way are, are very impactful and part of part of why we love the series. And now's an awesome time to go through everybody again and give you guys a chance to share some of the projects you've got working on. You're, you've got on the side things that you're working on. You want people to know about, like if you create content somewhere or something like that, or just a way for you guys to say, hey, I'm, you, this is how you can get a hold of me if you want. So let's just go back through. Let's start with Syke. Syke, you've got some stuff going on. Indeed, I do. I've got two podcasts, the MCU Lorecast, where I co-host with Captain Shenko. We dissect a Marvel movie and compare the movie to its comic book origins and how well that got translated or not usually. And then I've got the Mass Effect Blue Shift, a tabletop RPG podcast where I play dashing human agent Jack Parizo and I solve cases on the Citadel. Awesome. Yeah. And you can check all that stuff out whatever on whatever podcast you're listening to this on or go to robotsradio.net if you just want to go back through and try to remember what the names of things are you'll find it on there as well um thanks psych good to have you here again apollo you got anything else going on i don't have anything going on but i'm wearing this shirt tonight because the man himself mark Muir, was wearing it as a shout out to the show yesterday when he wished a happy birthday to mass effect too so there you go yeah, that's true. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, we sent him as a thank you the first time that he interacted with us and got us some of those voice lines and things like that. We sent him one of our Paragon T-shirts from the Patreon as thank you. And so Sam and I still don't have him, but he is he is a well, it's kind of like being what's the term when you're like uh, in you're brought into like a university as a professor emeritus or Honorary. something an honorary a professor like he's kind of an honorary patron so yeah he's got a, he's a of those patron emeritus <laughs> patron emeritus there you go yeah well awesome thanks apollo turbo you got anything else you want to share um no just you want to get uh, catch me on discord not on much else just on other podcasts on here awesome well thanks for joining us garrison you got anything going uh, on nah not really i'm i'm g-man in the discord so Awesome. I'm, I'm always game to talk mass effect so i'll be there cool yeah. well, well we'll see you on the discord and then genesis genesis has some shows i do i have two shows on the robots radio network as well uh two girls one ship a podcast that analyzes rates and reviews all types of video game romances and then the cyberpunk lore cast where we explore the foundations of the past the state of night city today and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk awesome well, thank you for joining us again. I'm glad you were able to sneak in there, even though you, you were a little bit late. I'm, I'm glad you made it. And just any, any of the other patrons out there, don't, don't worry about showing up late. If you can't make it right at the beginning, feel free to jump in if you're one of our tier four or five patrons. Sam, you got other stuff going on? I know you do. I, 
I do. Yeah. You know, I finished Mass Effect one with neutral Shepard, Jerry <laughs> Shepard. He he I was so ecstatic. End of Mass Effect one. Guys, keep this in mind whenever you get to the end of this game, that the very final decision you make about who can be counselor for for the humans is I don't care. <laughs> you can choose I don't you care. You actually get to say I don't care. Yes, oh, that's so I funny. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. <laughs> that's amazing. Ten points to anyone that knows that reference. But um yes, I, I was so ecstatic because, you know, neutral shepherd. So but now I'm on neutral shepherd in Mass Effect 2. Oh boy. And so I'm gonna be missing all of these interrupts on purpose. Oh boy. That I don't know sounds, how chaotic this is gonna be. Who that sounds way more dangerous than in one. It sounds more dangerous than just going renegade. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> no, I can't see. Totally does. I can't wait to see all of the decisions that are locked out for me because I didn't gain enough Paragon or renegade points. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be great. So anyway, that's my pitch for people to stop by. I'm also going to be uh, on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast in a number of weeks talking about Ashley's romance. So if you're listening to this episode after the fact, you might want to hop over to that podcast and see if you can catch the one with me talking about Ashley, but yeah, if you want to find me on Twitch or Twitter at in seven, the legend. Yeah. I, uh, Demarer, I'm probably mangling your name in chat says the worst choice is to make no choice. I feel like this is like a life lesson of like, make a freaking choice, but just don't be neutral. Like you can make the wrong decision and then fix it later. But if you don't make a decision at all, that's the worst. Yeah, Jerry just wants to get home and <laughs> he's he's made some questionable choices along the way because of that. I willfully skipped out on a lot of side quests, so we'll see how that comes back to haunt me. <laughs> Can you do a no side quest playthrough? It's oh, basically God. that. I, I I started doing some side quests because I love the game so much and it's just habit. And then I was like, you know what? He's 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 neutral shepherd. He just wants to get home yeah. and do his favorite activity of sitting and <laughs> yeah go help these poor it. people at this beacon at the over no 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 thanks i just i'm, I'm good <laughs> right yeah. yeah no thanks I, if i have to i will but like you know if i don't have to I'm, I'm just gonna do things and try and get home yep yeah well there you go well yeah go check out sam's stuff uh you can find my stuff robots radio on twitch or also on youtube in fact there's multiple channels including the mass effect channel on youtube all sorts of awesome stuff robotsradio.net for all the shows and all of that stuff there's a ton of things going on, so go check that stuff out. Oh, also, if you're excited about Starfield, which might be releasing within the next few months, we still don't know for sure. There's a Starfield lore cast. We have a new episode of that up and a website. We've launched StarfieldInsider.com, and Sam is actually a contributing writer for that as well as me and some other content creators. And so you can go check that out as well to keep up with Starfield news or lore or any of that kind of stuff. So lots of fun things going on here at Robots Radio. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us again. And stay safe out there in the galaxy until next time. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.